All right. Well, let's have our Bibles, if you don't mind, turn to back to 2 Timothy and chapter 3. And 2 Timothy chapter 3. And boy, I just want to thank God for Paul. Yes, amen. Boy, he's done us a great favor to show us in his word tonight, in God's word tonight, what it would look like in the last days. And boy, I tell you tonight, it has opened my eyes. It has brought some awareness to me to where we are uh, tonight at the church and what the church will look like in the last days. Now, we are down in verse 5. That's where we stopped this morning. So let's stand to our feet and read verse 5, and we'll read the rest of the chapter, and uh, we'll try with the help of the Lord. Don't want to go too fast, but don't want to go too slow. Uh, But I want to bring forth the scripture tonight uh, that will be an understanding and awareness and even a warning to us tonight in where we are in the last days and what the church will look like. We find in verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and let captives, silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. At now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But... Again, in the scripture, when there's a but, it's there for a reason, and we're thankful for it. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions which came unto me, and Antioch, Iconium, Lister, what persecutions I endured, but out of all of them, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord, and we beg you tonight for the help of God. We pray tonight, Lord, that you'd open our eyes and hearts that we might receive the things of the Lord. Father, I ask you tonight, God, that you'd give us a real good view. Father, of what it means tonight to be in the last days. And Father, our our hearts will be full of perilousness, dear God, because of the church and its condition. I pray, Lord, that we'll see it more clear tonight. Father, I ask, God, there's anybody in this room that's a reprobate. God, that you'll just uh, get a hold of their heart tonight. Father, that you'd change their ways before it's too late. I pray for the unsaved tonight, Lord, that you'd just get a hold of their soul. God, you bring them to the place of repentance and faith. I pray for the Christian tonight, Lord, the true born-again believer. God, that they would be obedient to God's Word and, and do as God said to do there in these last days. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. It just sure does give us strength. It gives us wisdom. God, it gives us knowledge and it gives us help. God, that we may live in these days, Lord, not defeated, God, not down, not discouraged, not depressed, but God, full of joy, full of delight, God, full of power and full of strength, God, that we can live tonight, dear God, in Christ, Father, knowing that we've won already the victory. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. So tonight, we're not going to go back through verses 1 through 4, but we'll start right here in this verse 5. And we talked earlier this morning about the practices of the reprobates in the house of God. We talked about the first one, which was the dislike of the practicing Christians. And verse 3 says, despisers of those that are good. We talked about verse 4, about they divide among the, the practicing Christians. We talked about traitors about they used to believe something, they used to acknowledge that, they, they, they say they got saved, they say they were Christian, they say that they believed the Bible, and then they went back. And now they don't believe the Bible. Now they don't believe the truths of the Scripture. They don't believe the things what the Bible calls them traitors tonight. 
They call them themselves, well, we just changed our mind. Uh, they say, well, we just found out something new. They say, well, it don't even matter. We believe what we believe, but God calls them a traitor. And tonight, that's what they are. We find uh, in verse 4, uh, they do anything without, without the pre, uh, practicing Christians. Uh, that means we talked about the word heady and high-minded, uh, that they just do crazy things. And we find in church today people doing crazy things. You say, well, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they drunk that. I can't believe they acted like that. I can't believe that they even would even do that or go there. And tonight the church is full of those people who are high-minded, thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to think. And then in verse 4 we found uh, that they were lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Uh, they were committed to pleasures, uh, we find. And also we found that they were uh, controlled by pleasures and they were comfortable with pleasures and uh, pleasures is where they lived and what they lived. They love uh, tonight uh, less of church and more pleasure. Uh, they wanted less preaching and more entertainment. Uh, they want less Bible and more fun in their services and that's what the professed Christians uh, desire to have. In verse 5 we came to they are different than the practicing Christians and here Paul is making a difference between the the professed Christians and the practicing Christians. Those Christians who are real and those Christians who are fake. Uh, those Christians tonight who are lovers and livers for God and those that are not tonight. And he makes with this one statement, uh, he makes it very clear and very plain. He says, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We dealt with the very first part of that which is talking about the form of godliness. And that was that the professed Christians, the professed church, uh, they are ones tonight that the church to them is a place. And friend, just like the church tonight, it has a building, that's the form of it. It has furniture, that's the form of it. It has within the church functions that go on, that's the form of it. Tonight, any of that tonight is not the church. But to many people tonight, this is the church. And if they can come to the farm, if they can have an appearance of godliness, if they can have uh, some sort of fashion or some sort of shape, uh, you can look at them and they have the dress. They may even have the voice. They may even have the words. They may even have the actions or behaviors. Uh, friend, the Bible says they have the form of godliness. And we're not talking about evil people. We're not talking about people that are drunkards. We're not talking about people that are, that are homosexuals. We're not talking about people tonight that who just defy godliness. We're talking about people who have the form of godliness. That they're in the church. They're, they're amongst us. Uh, they're teaching our classes. Uh, they're sitting next to us. Uh, they're, they're part of the church that we belong to. They're there too. But they have the form of godliness but deny the power of Thereof, And so we talked about the form this morning, but I, I want to begin uh, tonight on the second part of that, and that is that the practicing Christians, uh, uh, the church is not a place, but the church is a person. Is a person. You see, whenever you just have form, the church is a place you go to. A church is a duty that you do. The church is something that you participate with, something that you are involved in. The church tonight is on your calendar. It's part of your agenda. And the church comes Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. The church is something you show up at. The church is some place you sing at. The church is some place you give your tithes. The church is some place where you meet your Christian brothers and sisters. The church is a place. But tonight, to those that are true, born, again believers tonight the church is a person and that's where the power is the power is not in the place the power is in the person and tonight those that are real those that are true tonight are those that have the power and that's what makes us different tonight than the professed Christians who have the form of godliness and those that are practicing Christians, they have the form of godliness too. Amen? I mean, if you are a Christian tonight, you ought to look like a Christian. You ought to talk like a Christian. You ought to act like a Christian. 
Uh, you ought to do what Christians do. You ought to think like a Christian. You ought to behave in such a way where somebody would say, that's a Christian. And so all of us tonight have a form of godliness. Now what makes us different from the professed Christian to the practicing Christian is the power. Is the power thereof. They deny it. Meaning tonight, they don't have no power in them. That they're just form. They're this shell. They're just empty. There's really nothing in them. They look it. They play the part. Uh, they are pretenders. Uh, they are ones tonight that say they say they love Jesus. They say they are part of the church. They say they got saved. They say they prayed a prayer. They say that they're born again. But there's no power. Right. Amen. Amen. There's nothing within them that shows forth power. For example, tonight in John chapter 1 and verse 12, uh, the Bible uh, speaks to us. Turn there. We'll just go there tonight so we can follow this thought process that we're looking at. And this is what they don't have. I'm talking about reprobates tonight. I'm talking about people tonight who say they're saved. They profess to be saved. But what makes them different than the true is there's no power. Look at John chapter 1 verse 12. The Bible says very clearly, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. To those that are real true church believers tonight, the only way that you became a son of God is because of the power that was given to you. To those that are professors of Christ, they got power because of their good works. Or they got power because of their baptism. They got power because they prayed a prayer. They got power because they were part of something. They got power because in their own mind, they know and think that they're saved and born again. But nobody who's real tonight can say that or will say that. We will say this, that I got power to become the sons of God because I have received Christ as my Savior. I believed upon Him with all my heart and the only way tonight that I can have the form of godliness and not deny the power thereof is that the power that made me a Christian is Christ Amen. and Christ alone. Amen. So they are denying that power. They're not saying that it's Jesus Christ. They're saying it's something else. And so they deny the power thereof of salvation. We find secondly, look in Acts chapter 1. And look in verse 8 with me. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I'm showing you the difference between the professed Christian and the practicing Christian. I'm showing you the difference between the real Christian and the reprobate Christian. We find in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Now what makes you tonight uh, be, have the power of God upon you? The Spirit of God. And after the Spirit of God indwells you, after the Spirit of God comes in you, after the Spirit of God resides in you, after the Spirit of God comes and lives in you, then you got power. The difference between the professed Christian and the practicing Christian is the professed Christian has no Holy Ghost. They've got no power. They have nothing tonight. They're empty. They're without power because the Spirit of God does not dwell in them. They're reprobates tonight. They're not real. They look real. They sound real. They, they seem to be real. Uh, they act after they're real. But they have no Holy Ghost and so there's no power. The third power that I noticed in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24. I'm talking about the practicing Christians. They're different. They're different. This is why they're different. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24. It says, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God. And the wisdom of God. What makes the, the real Christian different than the reprobate Christian tonight is because of Jesus, the power of God. 
When they received Christ, they received the power of God. They received the power of God to lay down their cigarettes. They put the power of God to lay down their booze. The power of God to lay down the pornography. The power of God to lay down the bitterness. To lay down the, the arguing. To lay down the anger. To lay down the drugs. To lay down and put away those things that are sin. And in that cause you between separation between you and God. The power to say no to temptation. The power to live for God. The power to come to church. The power to read the Bible. The power to pray. The power to be forth God. And the power to look for his return. That power's in Christ. And what's wrong with the reprobate Christian? They don't have Christ. And so they have no power. That's why sin still running rampant in their lives. That's why they can't come to church on a faithful basis. That's why the Word of God has no desire of the heart. And that's why praying is so less attended. That's why witnessing is a knot. And that's why, friend, you'll find that they are conformed to this world. They look like the world, and yet they look like the church at the same time. And that's why they like the jewelry. They like the tats. They like the long hair. They like the drugs. They like the alcohol. They like the women. They like the clothing. They like the fashions. They like the world and what it presents and what it has, friend, because they have not Christ. Amen. Amen. And tonight we see it so clearly in church tonight. So many people want to be so much of the world. So many people want to have a foot in the world and a foot in, the, in, heaven, in heaven tonight. So many people want to straddle the fence tonight. Uh, they want uh, to be, go to heaven and they want to, to do, do something for God. But at the same time, they love this world. And friend, they live like the world and listen to the world and talk like the world and look like the world. And yet they say they're going to heaven tonight, friend, because they have no power. No power. They deny the power thereof. There's another power. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5. The Bible says that your faith should not stand in wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know why people that are true tonight and real tonight can go under some troubling times and still keep on going? You know why many people can go through divorces and go through diseases tonight? And why many people can go through debt of life? And many people tonight can be uh, lied upon? And, and many people tonight can almost come to the place where they don't have anybody or anything tonight and yet they're still faithful for God? They're still living on for the Lord? And there's a many people tonight who get laid off. Many people get fired and many people, their spouses leave them and their children pass away. And friend, they have nothing, it seems. It seems like the whole life has just been troubled one after another tonight. And yet they love God and they're faithful to the house of God. And they stay true to the name of God. What's wrong with them? I tell you what's wrong with them. They got the power of God. That's what's wrong with them. Oh, I'm saying the reprobate Christian, they don't have that. They deny the power. That's when things get tough and things get rough. They leave. They come back. Oh, that's whenever they're in a marriage and it just ain't what it ought to be. They'll just get a divorce and get another. Oh, I'm telling you tonight, friend, uh, they'll go to a church and the church don't seem to be all that they say that it ought to be. And they'll find another church, and friend, then they'll find another church, and then they'll find another church. I got respect for people who go to church for one year suddenly. But then if they go to church for 10 years, the same church, and then 20 years, and 27 years, and 28 years, oh, I tell you tonight, there's something about those people tonight that they just keep on going for God. It's the power. This old fake, phony, reprobate church tonight that's in the world tonight, amongst the church tonight, they're a bunch of quitters. Friend, they, they don't stand for nothing. Tonight, Lord, they'll lay down before the devil. They'll give in to the Antichrist. They'll take up his Kool-Aid and they'll worship him. You watch tonight. Whenever that rapture takes place and the tribulation begins, you'll find that that professed church will lay down 
It's the professed church tonight that lays down against the COVID and against those that stood up against that day. It's the professed church tonight that said, no, we've got to wear masks and we've got to take shots and we've got to get vaccines and, and we've got to follow the, the government and we've got to follow the science and we've got to do what they say. I'm telling you tonight, friend, that's the church that's fake. There's no power in them. I'm sorry, I'm fired up tonight. I, I know, I know that I shouldn't, I shouldn't be like this. But I am. <laughs> oh, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 tonight. I'm talking about this is what they deny. This is the power that they deny. Ephesians chapter 6, looking at verse 10. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This is what they deny. They don't have power. They have powder. I mean, friend, they ain't got enough air to blow a, 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 a bag. You know, I get a brown paper bag. You know, you get a brown paper bag and blow in it. They ain't got enough power to get that going, amen. Friend, I'm just telling you tonight, those that are true and those tonight that are real and those that are really the church of God tonight, you'll find that in the midst of a battle, they will have power. You're not knocking them out. You ain't knocking them down. And you ain't getting over them. You're not conquering them. Uh, you're not going to get me out of church tonight. You ain't going to get me out of Glory Baptist Church tonight. I don't care tonight how many votes come up against me. I don't care tonight how many people say what they got to say. It don't matter to me tonight. I ain't going nowhere. Amen. I'm telling you tonight. If they say to me tomorrow at work that I cannot say anything about Jesus or that I cannot live my Christian life and I cannot exalt Christ at my work, I'll quit right there. I'm telling you tonight, we need Christians tonight that are real, that has power. They say, I'm standing. And I'm standing against this world, I'm standing against this government, and I'm standing against everything that's against God. Everything that's contrary to the Word of God and everything that hates the Son of God and everything that's quenching the Spirit of God, I'm against. You say, brother, are you against a lot of things? Yeah, I am. Uh Is there anything you fought? Yeah, God. I've just got a simple life. Whatever God's against, I'm against. Whatever He's for, I'm for. I mean, won't you live that simple too? I mean, it's just simple. I don't have to go to bed at night worrying about what I'm against. I don't have to get up in the morning worrying about what I'm for. I just read my Bible. Whatever he says is what it goes. Besides power. Friend, reprobate Christians don't have that power. They deny it. They have the farm. They can sound pretty. They, they can come to church all right. And they can give a lot of money. There's no power. First Peter tonight, chapter 1, verse 5. Look at this power. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Friend, that's power tonight. To know that we are the children of God that are real tonight. But the reprobates tonight have not that power. They're not kept by the power of God. They're kept by their own power. They're kept by their own works. They're kept by their own doings. As long as they keep what they're doing and doing what they say and keep on acting the way they're acting, they feel like they're okay, amen? They just keep on living the way they want to live and they say, I just prayed a prayer and I'm okay. I got baptized in the baptistry. I'm fine. I joined the Baptist church. I'm okay. And friend, you look at them and say, are you okay? And you ask them if they die, they're going to go to heaven. Majority of them say, I don't know. I hope so. But tonight, to the true, true, true child of God tonight, those that are real tonight, you ask them, if you die where are you going you know what they're going to say I'm going to heaven how do you know by the power of God that's how I know yeah we're different we're different tonight and I'm glad to be different I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not embarrassed tonight and I'm not going to back up to anyone or anything I'm going to put my head up and I'm going to walk with my chest out and I'm going to walk with as as a child of God living for God in the midst of the last days of the word of God as I go forth tonight and I pray that you do the same I will not be that professed group I'll be the practicing group Amen I'm trying to fire you up tonight we find tonight this power is, is what they deny, the professing Christians. That's why when it says tonight, 
in the scripture that's so clear and so plain there in Timothy that they have the form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. That's what they deny. We find here tonight, lastly, I want you to notice the proof. The proof. Within the professed church, we have tonight two, let's say, uh, offices. Maybe that's the wrong word. Maybe two positions. Within the church tonight, according to 2 Timothy, we have two positions in the church, and those positions is this. Minister, member. Minister, member. Now, in the church tonight, it's made up of a minister, and it's made up of a member. I want you to notice, number one, concerning this proof tonight that they are reprobates, is because of the minister's purpose. The professed Christian's minister does not work on these premises, but the practicing church's minister, the preacher, the teacher, the leader, work on these premises. And here's the premises. Verse 6. For this sort are they which creep into houses. The only way that, prof- that professed Christians can get into the professed church is to creep into houses. Those that are real tonight, we knock on the door. We say, I'm Larry with Glory Baptist Church. I'd like to come visit you and talk to you about your soul. Either they open the door and welcome me in, or they yell through the door. No, thank you. Don't want anything to do with it. But we don't creep in. But those tonight that are fake and those that are reprobates tonight, the only way that they can get into the church, the only way they can get into your home is to creep in. This is creepy, right? I mean, listen, tonight, I'm just telling you what these ministers will do. And so they'll creep in, the Bible says, and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts. What does that mean? Well, they'll do three things tonight. They will deceive you. These ministers of this professed church of this professed Christianity tonight that will be the church of the last days or mixed in the church of the last days will be people that call themselves preachers, call themselves leaders, but they're really deceivers. They want to deceive you. Number two, they want to captivate you. They want to bring you into their captivation. They want to bring you into their prison. Uh, They want to bring you into their commune. They want to bring you into their hold. These ministers of the days of the last days. They're not interested in preaching the word of God and allowing the spirit of God to do a work in the heart of a sinner and to draw you unto himself. And he saves you by the glorious blood of the Lamb by faith and repentance tonight. They're not interested in that. they're They're interested in deceiving you and then captivating you and bring you into their prison so that you feel like that you have no other answer or no other place to go, that that this this is the only church that preaches the gospel, that this is the only place where God meets, and this is the only place where where you can come if you're saved tonight. If you don't come to Glory Baptist Church, then you're not saved tonight. That's their mind and that's their attitude. This group of people tonight. We find not only do they deceive and they captivate, but I notice thirdly tonight what they do is they run. And they, they pray on the weak. They don't come to the strong. Yeah, they won't come to many of your houses. They come to the weak. Because see, the weak, that's what they're saying here. The weak are those tonight who can be captivated and can be to the place of deceived and ruined. Uh, They come to the sinful. They're looking for those that are sinful. Uh, They're not going to mess with the faithful. The faithful are too much for them. But the sinful, man, they'll come in, they'll deceive them, they'll captivate them, and then they'll ruin them. That's what these reprobates do. Reprobate minister. We find thirdly that they'll come in and burden them. 
They'll lay a bunch of burdens on them. That's what verse 6 is saying. I'm trying to summarize it for you. Now, we want to get off on the, is it the women and, and all that kind of stuff, but that's not the important issue here. That's not the, the preaching of it tonight. That, that's not the point of the context of the Scripture. What it means tonight is the people that are weak and the people tonight that are sinful and the people that are burdened down. A lot of burdens. They're looking for them people. And friend, they're going to come in and deceive them, captivate them, and run their lives. That's what the ministers of the last days will do. We got to watch it. We got to be careful tonight. Now, if you're strong, they won't mess with you. If you're faithful, you forget it. Tonight, if you're one tonight that's victorious, you're okay. Oh, but I find tonight, if you're vulnerable, if you're gullible, if you're carnal, if you're immature, or if you're open, tonight, this last day church will grab you up and take you in. We've got we to be careful with this openness thing. Tonight, I'm not open at all. I'm very narrow. And I've been told a lot in my life that I need to, I need to take my horizons and open them up a little bit. I tell them, let me worry about my horizons. They, they, they say, well, listen, you, you, need to, you need to chill out a little bit. You know, you need to, if we're in 2023, you need to come up out of 1960 and 70s. And I say, leave me alone. I'm having fun right where I'm at. They're saying, now, you know what? You got to get in the groove. You got to get into, you got to get into times. You, you got to get up into 2023. You know, uh, you're still back archaic and you're still thinking in the wrong direction. I said, man, just leave me alone, please. I, I'm not enjoying myself, but man, I'm going to die right here. I'm going to die. I'm just saying tonight, the ministers of this last church, verse 6, describes them well. Number two, not only is it the ministers tonight that we show, we show proof of, but we show not only the minister's purpose, but the member's problem. The member's problem tonight in this church of the reprobates is in verse 7. The Bible says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. That's the member's problem. Ever learning. They're always gathering information. Now, when I describe this tonight, you're going to say, Brother Larry, this is like the majority of the churches. This is like all of the big churches. All the big, huge churches. When you go there on a Sunday morning, because I only have your Sunday morning and maybe a Sunday, maybe a Wednesday night, uh, all you're going to do when you get there, you're going to gather information. That's right. You gather information. You go. The guy gets behind the pulpit. He says, he says it very politely. He says it very quietly. He says it with, uh, with very uh, maybe politically. He may be articulate maybe. Uh, he has big long words. He, he has uh, a good command of the English. Uh, he's an educated guy. He might be Ph.D. He might be something other than that, Dr. Bottle stopper or something like that. You know, they, they, he might have all this going on. But what the church of this last day is getting, they're getting information. Mm-hmm. They're learning, ever learning. They're just gathering, you know, like Jesus walked on water. Okay, I'll, I'll write that down. Jesus walked on water. And so they're gathering information. They're collecting facts. And they tell you the facts of the Bible and he'll talk about the facts and, and you'll get it down and you'll write it down and you'll say, Ben, I know the facts of the Bible. They're going to give you, the, they're going to gain knowledge. You're going to be knowledgeable of the things of the Bible, the facts of the Bible, the information of the Bible, the truths of the Bible. You have all that knowledge. It, and that, you'll grow intellectually. Intellectually, Fred, you'll find yourself, man, I, I am becoming a scholar. I'm becoming a theologian. I'm becoming someone who knows about the facts and the truths of the Bible because I have a teacher that's teaching me. The preacher teaches. The Sunday school teacher teaches. Uh, the next guy teaches. Everybody teaches. It's all about teaching. Nobody raises their voice. Nobody brings any conviction. Nobody calls us someone to make a decision. Nobody does anything out of the ordinary. It's just a bunch of words. We call it like a word salad. And you get a word salad. 
And man, you just take it and you become intellectually growing and you become very much, you're taking notes and you're getting all this information. Uh, matter of fact, uh, whenever you go out into the public, uh, what you say to somebody is what somebody else said to you. Right? That's what you say. You say what they said to you. I heard in Sunday school, I heard the preacher say, and this is what it is. Ever learning. Just learning. And we got churches tonight all over the place that all they're doing is learning. Learning. Am I right? It's all about teachers and learning. As long as I can just get some learning down. As long as I can just get some more information and full knowledge and I can get intellectually strong. And so we find they're learning, but I notice they're lacking. The Bible says never able to come to the knowledge of truth. They're never saved. They're never saved. They're always learning. They're always looking for something new. They're always looking for something that can give them a greater understanding and clarity of their minds. But they're never able to come to the knowledge of truth. They're never, they're never able to recognize the truth. That's what that means. All that knowledge and all that learning and all of that teaching, but they cannot recognize the truth. Number two, it means they cannot become fully acquainted with the truth. They know the truth. They heard the truth, but they can't acquaint with the truth. The truth is here. The truth never gets here. It means tonight to perceive the whole truth. They never able to become, uh, never able to come to the knowledge of truth, meaning that they're never able to perceive the whole truth. They get half truth. They get some truth. They get a little truth. But they cannot ever just see the whole truth. That's what the church of 2023 in the last days is doing. The members, the problem, they're lacking. To have discernment of the truth. Now, what is the practicing church in doing so that we can see the difference? Well, here's the difference. The practicing church are those who have received, have received the word of truth. It's not something we know up here. It's something we gain down here. Right? See, it's not ever learning. It's not taking in facts. We don't care about facts. We don't care about information. We don't care about these things. We care about truth that will transform our lives so that we can be like Jesus, amen, so that we can live a life full of joy and full of power and full of authority for Jesus Christ in these last days. But friend, that's what we do with truth. We receive it. Amen. They learn it, but we receive it. See the difference? We find not only do we receive tonight uh, the God of truth, but we are indwelt by the Spirit of truth. So tonight, it's not that we have intellectual understanding. We have an indwelling Spirit, and that Spirit is Spirit of truth. So the Bible teaches. So tonight, when we come... The truth is presented to us. We receive the God of truth. In receiving the God of truth, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth comes into our lives, and we now are people of truth. And all we want is truth. We don't care about anything else, just truth. And then we find ourselves not only receiving the God of truth, and we are uh, taking and dwelt by the Spirit of truth, but we follow the Son of truth. That's who we follow. And we're looking for the Son of truth, Jesus Christ the Lord. And then fourthly, we walk in the word of truth. And then fifthly, we are members of the church of truth. And then sixthly, we are the children of truth. That's what we are tonight. That's why we're different than they are. They don't want truth. They don't care about truth. All they care about is ever learning. And we, tonight, don't care about learning. We care about receiving, following, doing, being, actively walking in truth. So there's a difference there. And that's what we see tonight. The lacking of the members of this 
church. That's the reprobate Christianity. And here thirdly, I notice tonight the membership's plight. Look at verse 8. Number one, the membership's plight of the church tonight that's professing Christ, not practicing Christ. Number one, they are rebellious. The Bible says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these resist the truth. Withstood Moses. And I'm going to tell you tonight, the professed Christians tonight will withstand the pastor. They'll withstand me all the way. They will withstand any authority that comes from this pulpit. They will withstand any authority that comes from the membership. They will not succumb. They will not submit and they will not humble themselves to it. They will resist it as they did with Moses. They will do it again this day as well. The church of the professed church tonight of those that are reprobates tonight will always withstand and fight and argue and dot comply at all. Number two, not only will they are they rebellious, but tonight they are resistors. They are resisting. The Bible says in verse 8, they resist the truth. They stand up against what is true. They are contrary to what is right. And they withstand the facts tonight. In other words, tonight we live in a society that's just like the professed church. And I hope tonight you'd agree with me But I tell you tonight, the people out in this world, they don't want to know the truth. Is that true? I mean, the truth is not told on the media. The truth is not told in the White House. The truth is not told in most uh, pulpits tonight. The truth is not given in the homes tonight. The workplace is not given truth. Uh, Tonight we'll find even in the science, we see in the medical fields, we see in economics tonight, we see all around our world in every segment and sectors of work tonight that people do not care to know the truth. And the church of the day is the same. They resist it. Don't tell me the truth. Don't tell me what it says. I don't care about that. It does me better when I don't know the truth, and so I don't have to be accountable to the truth, and I don't have to be responsible for the truth. If you don't tell me the truth, I don't know the truth, and somehow, some way, but the church of the professed tonight reprobates or resistors. They resist the truth. They're rebellers. They rebel. And withstand the pastor and the people. We find thirdly, they're reprobates. We see that in verse 8. Reprobate concerning the faith. The Bible says that they are corrupt minds, meaning tonight they have depraved minds. You say, brother, you're telling me that the church, there's a, there's a segment of the church in the church that are reprobates in faith? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying all that's out there in the churches and the church scene and and amongst the church people tonight is not all what you might think it is. They're depraved minds there. We find tonight that that word there, corrupt minds, means thoughts, feelings, and will is depraved. They're not doing what they're doing and thinking tonight that they want to do it with you. They're not serving the same God you're serving. They have another Jesus on their agenda. It's not all the same, even though it looks. It's not. Depraved minds. Number two, they have a dead faith. The Bible says that they're reprobate concerning the faith. The faith that they demonstrate before God is unapproved. The faith in which they reveal to God is rejected by God. The faith in which they have tonight is worthless to God. They took a a test and they've been found wanting. These people here tonight. All verses 1 through 7 are the people tonight that will be in the last days that will be called perilous times that the church that are real will look upon the church that's a reprobate and tonight our hearts would break and say, I can't stand it, I can't take it. And those church members are reprobates. Depraved minds, dead faith. God's rejected them. God said there's no no way in which you and I can be together. You're not real. 
Thirdly, I notice the determined life. In verse 9, it says, But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as also was there. Talking about Janus and Jambres. And what is he saying there? He's saying this tonight. That those of the real church will know who they are in our church. We'll know who they are in the whole world. We know. That's what he's saying. They will be manifested. So the, the professed church will be seen and manifested to the practicing church. It won't be a shock to us. We know what real is. We know the spirit that bears witness with our spirit. You can't fake God out and you can't fake a child of God out. Tonight we know who you are. We know what you are. Now we love you. We care for you. We're going to pray that you don't die as what you are tonight. And maybe somehow God would find some way somehow. I don't know how he might do it. Find grace in his eyes. Once you become a reprobate and you're disapproved. And you find rejection with God. And he says your faith is not wanting. And your faith has come short tonight. It would only be the grace of God that he have faith upon you. He'd save you. But if you die in that position, I tell you tonight, you don't have no hope. We don't know who the reprobates are, but we can tell who the reprobates are. Amen? So that's what he tells us to do as far as the proving. But can I tell you here tonight, the path. So what are we to do as the true church tonight in 2023 in the last days? What are we to do? Well, it tells us. He tells us that here in this verse in verse 5. From such, turn away. From such, turn away. If we see and we know these people, the Bible teaches us to turn away from them. We can't have fellowship with them. We can't worship with them. The Bible says to turn away. That means to avoid. To avoid those that love, love themselves, love things and love pleasures. They don't love good, they don't love God, and they don't love truth. What are we going to do with those people? The Bible says avoid them. So the word turn means. Avoid. You don't hate them. You don't pray for them. You don't treat them bad. You don't, you don't make them look bad. You don't embarrass them. You don't, you don't dress them down. You just avoid them. Amen. Now, the church has a hard time with this because the society puts a lot of pressure on the church that we are to uh, be inclusive, that we are to allow anyone and everyone to be part of us, and then we are to celebrate them, and we are to uh, be part of that, and we are to agree with that. And, and you know what? If we don't, then we become wrong, like racist or bigotry or some sort of other word they want to call us because we're not accepting it, we're not embracing it, we're not celebrating it, we're not for it. We don't want it. The Bible says for us to turn, avoid, avoid. Number two, that word turn means not only to avoid, but it means to shun. It means to shun those that live in defiance and live in disobedience and live in destruction and live in division. Uh, We are to shun those people. They don't need to be on our team. They don't need to be part of us. They don't need to be ones that we go out and eat with on Friday nights. They're not the ones that we would just sit around and, and just have games They're not the ones tonight that we're going to build the foundation of this church with. The Bible tells us to shun them. Now, he doesn't tell us not to love them. He don't tell them for us not to pray for them. He he doesn't tell us tonight to to, to stick them out there and say, you go on and get out of here. But he says to shun them. That means we cannot tonight say what they're they're doing is okay and we can't say what they're doing is going to be all right and we can't say how they're living and how they're becoming tonight and we can't celebrate it. Where's the church going to make a line? Where do we say enough is enough? 
What do we say? Listen, this is, we're going to go this far and this is it. Shun. Avoid. And thirdly tonight, what that word turn means, it just means turn. Turn for those tonight that are fake, phony, false, reprobate. Just turn from them. Tonight, we're not to, we're not to celebrate with them. We're not to tell them it's going to be okay. It's not to put our arms around them and say, you know what? You're a reprobate and everything's going to be all right. No. We can't have anything to do with them. We find tonight, the second thing that we tell us to do is to turn, but it's to testify. Look at verse, verse 10. Paul begins to talk to Timothy. He changes the mode here. He changes the mindset. We're still in the last days because look in verse 13. He said, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we're still in the last days. But Paul was saying, listen, to you that are real, not only do you turn, but you testify. For he says in verse 10, for thou hast fully known. And so what we are to do in this day is that you and I need to testify. We need to make fully known to our family members and to our church members and to the places that we work and all that know us tonight, they need to know some things. We can't continue to be secret agents for God. We can't keep on walking around when nobody knows that we're Christian. We can't just keep on going and, and being uh, sort of like, uh, being like people who, who have lockjaw with God. Uh, we we got to come to a place where Paul says in these last days when there's deceivers and deceiving and they well, wax worse and worse and, and man, it's going to come bad. Uh, what do I do, Paul? He says, you testify. Amen. You just make known. So what I make known of, Paul? He said, I'll tell you what you make known of. He said, number one, uh, you make known of my doctrine, he said. To you and I, that's what we believe. Your children need to know what you believe tonight. Your family members, your, your, your enemies uh, uh, all at work, they need to know what you believe. The people at church need to know what you believe. What's your doctrine? Right? Number two, testify on how you believe. He says the manner of life. You see, what you believe is manifested in how you live. See, what you believe tonight will be seen in the way you walk. The way your lifestyle is. The manner of life. That's how you believe. You say, well, man, listen, you tell me you believe something, but you live something different tonight, then you're not being what God asked you to be. But if you say, this is what I believe, and this is how I believe, I say, I can see it. I see the manner of life. It equals to the doctrine. Number three, not only what you believe and how you believe, but why you believe, he says purpose. Why you believe, that's purpose. Why you believe what you believe? Well, I believe what I believe because the preacher preaches it. That's the wrong answer. I believe what I believe because that's what my father said. That's what my husband said. That's what my children said. That's what Google said. That's what Dr. So-and-so said. That's what Theologian said. That's what Spurgeon said. That's what D.L. Moody said. That's what Tony Evans said. That's what, uh, that's what uh, Joel Osteen said. Tonight, that's not a good answer. Good answer is... I believe because that's what God gave to me. That's what God showed me. That's what the Word of God says. That's why I believe. This is the purpose of why I believe what I believe. Number four, who you believe. The Bible speaks of faith. Tonight it will be known who you believe. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I believe tonight with all my heart, He's God. I believe tonight he died for me, he arose, he sits on the right hand of the Father, and I believe tonight he's coming back. I believe tonight I'll be in heaven when I die. Tonight we need to know. You need to make known, you need to testify tonight on what you believe and how you believe and why you believe and who you believe, but then when you believe. He said long-suffering. Long-suffering. When you believe. When do you believe? I believe now. I believe tomorrow. I believe the next day. I believe all my life. Long-suffering. I believe. Why? Oh, because of love. 
He says there in that verse, uh, charity. Why do you need to make known? And why do you need to testify? Because of love. I love God. I love the Word of God. I love the church. I love. Well, in loving, what happens? Well, three things happens when you bring forth charity into the, look to the picture. We find patience. The word patience is cheerful. And tonight you'll say, well, listen, I'm going to testify before the world in the last days, and I'm going to be joyful about it. You know, every one of us in this room tonight, we ought to walk out here with a smile on our face and joy in our heart and a pep in our step. And when we get out to the house, when we get to the place, uh, when we get home, we ought to have joy in our heart and, uh, and smile on our face and pep in our step. And when we get up in the morning and we get up in the morning and go to work, we ought to have joy in our heart, a smile on our face and pep in our step. And you that are stay-home moms, you that, that take care of the home, when you get there and you're doing the washing, you're doing the cleaning, you're taking care of, you're doing the fixing, uh, you ought to have a smile on your face, a joy in your heart and a pep in your step. Amen. Amen. When should I do that? Every single day. Right. Why? Because I'm testifying. Uh-huh. We're in the last days. Right. This is what I believe, why I believe, how I believe, where I believe, and when I believe. Uh-huh. It's all based upon love. And because of love, I've got cheerfulness. Amen. I'm sick and tired of the frowns. I'm sick and tired. I, I think everybody ought to be like Franklin. Amen. I mean, he, I don't know if he has 32 teeth in his mouth yet, but I tell you, he's showing all of them. <laughs> Whatever they are, Fred, we find not only tonight because of love and through patience, and that's cheerfulness, uh, but make known what you believe tonight uh, in persecutions. He says that there in that persecution, verse 11. That means suffering. Tonight you're going to suffer. Tonight your family's going to make fun of you. Tonight, you're going to be lonely. Tonight, not all will love you. Tonight, not all will be on your side. Tonight, it just might be just you someday. It might be just y'all someday. It might be just your family and your family. But there's going to come suffering one day. And friend, you need to be testifying about what you believe and why you believe it. And friend, while you are testifying, you'll find yourself in persecution and suffering. But friend, I tell you, I do it with love and joy. Number three, in afflictions, that means hardships. He said persecutions and afflictions. And so to make known of what, what you believe, how you believe, why you believe, who you believe, when you believe, you'll do it because of love, you'll do it through patience, you'll do it in persecutions, and you'll do it with afflictions. And you'll make known in the last days to all those around you, even though you have some heartaches, this is who I am. I'm a practicing Christian. I know there's many professing around me, but I'm practicing. How do you know that? Boom, here it is. Can I say secondly, we'll close. To make known, but then to make clear. He says in verse 12 and verse 13, he said, just make it clear. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Number one, to make it clear, to live godly. To live in Christ Jesus and to live openly. You shall suffer. You will suffer at the hands of the professed church. Isn't the professed church in verse 13? Evil men. Would you see evil in verses 1 through 8? Evil. Absolutely. Do you not see between one verses 1 through 8 uh, that they are people that are seducers? Sneaking in the houses? Taking the weak? Taking the burdened? They're seducers. Fine, I say in verse 13, uh, it shall wax worse and worse. Uh, this last day, the church of the last day in which we live is going to get worse and worse and worse. And the reason why it's going to get worse is because they're going to deceive more, deceive more, deceive more. And the reason why is because the last portion of that verse in verse 13 says they're deceived. Tonight we've got to live godly no matter what 2023 brings. And no matter if we're in the last days, we've got to live godly. 
We've got to live in Christ Jesus. And we're going to take that suffering. We're going to take that persecution. And we're going to do it, friend, by testifying and by turning and not accepting and not comforting and not celebrating those things. Amen? Is that the church you want to be part of? That's the church I want to be part of. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I still didn't get to finish tonight, but maybe... Maybe Wednesday night or something I might be able to finish. It gets really good when you get down to verse 15 and verse 16 and verse 17. I'm so glad tonight I know Jesus. Glad tonight the Lord has saved me. I'm glad tonight that I have a Bible. I'm so thankful for Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul, allowing the Spirit of God to cause you to write 2 Timothy chapter 3. It sure has given me an understanding and an outlook now. Sometimes I get discouraged. Sometimes I get down. Sometimes I look around. I see so much ruin spiritually. I see so much lack of spirituality. I look at my own life in a mirror. And I see so much trouble. Though tonight I'm encouraged though. I see it. Paul has laid it out perfectly. He's given us the answer tonight. Of what we should do in these last days. I pray. That's exactly what we do. You've seen Brother George. If you're not saved tonight, won't you come get saved? Won't you come know Jesus tonight? When you'll keep keep on fighting it. Keep on coming against it. Won't you let go? God will never quit. This church will never quit. Your mom and daddy will never quit. Your friends will never quit. Won't you give up tonight? Won't you let go? Just surrender tonight. Just give God your life. Lay down. Why? Why tonight would you die and go to hell? Why would you do that? Come. You that are Christians tonight. Have you already decided and determined in your heart, I'm just going to live just like that? I'm going to live godly. I'm going to live in Christ Jesus. I'm going to live even in suffering and heartaches and hard times. I'm living for God. That's what I'm doing. In the last days, I'm going to be that church that Paul's preaching to, not the, the church that Paul's preaching about. How about you tonight? I'm ready. You ready? I'm determined tonight to go out and fight the battle, to live the life. I hope you are too. I love you, church. I love you, too. With all my heart tonight, I, I pray that we'll walk out of here with victory. We'll walk out of here saying, Lord, I, I'm on your side. Man, we got great days ahead of us. Just think, one day Jesus is going to meet us in the air. He's going to meet us in the cloud. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I sure want to. I never, I've really never kissed a man. But man, I'd love to kiss the man on the cheek. Jesus. I'd love to kiss him on the cheek. He's such a, he's such a wonderful Savior. Let's be dismissed. I'm going to ask Brother Charles if you do that with us tonight. May the Lord bless you.
Lift then your voices in trial. 